for me, it's about in the moment feedback. So I work in quite high pressured, fast paced environments. Um, and I always, um, at the beginning of every day, have a daily check-in with my team. And at the end of the day, we set our goals, but we also at the end go, what went well and what didn't go well? And what do we want to do different as a result? Hello, and welcome to the Helping Organizations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions, and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts, and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organizations Thrive. Uh, Today, I have the great pleasure of Cody James. Good morning to you, Cody. Good morning. Good to see you. Uh, you are a, a management consultant. Uh, you're energetic, and we're going to we're going to know that in a moment. You're a impactful and people driven leader, known for improving commercial performance by putting customers and colleagues at the heart of transformational change. Uh, today, we're going to be exploring uh, the foundations for your success as a, as a working mom, and look into how we can understand how you can thrive in an organisation as a working mom as well within that. But before we get into that conversation, Cody, um, what do you love about what you do? Well, that's the only question I knew you was going to ask me. So um, actually, when I dropped my children um, off at school this morning, I was thinking about what is it that I really, really love? And I think what really resonated with me and came to mind was the fact that I'm a working mum. And I think both aspects of being, um, you know, an employee and a um, a mum give me tremendous pride, a sense of purpose and actually enormous pleasure. I think if I um, if I start with, you know, know, being um, being an employee, a management consultant, I think it really it really aligns to my own purpose. Um, and my purpose is very much to enable individuals and organisations to recognise and then um, reach their full potential. So I think, you know, I've had a very um, a very successful and enjoyable career. I started in retail, spent a decade in retail, um, you know, very fast paced environment. And then for the last two years, I moved into consulting. And I think, you know, working in consulting really gives you the ability to co-create solutions with clients to their most challenging transformation. So whether you're uh, redesigning their operating model um, or trying to adjust their culture or um, looking at ways to remove waste effort and cost so I think in that sense it very much aligns to my to my purpose I also think as a leader of people um, and a newly qualified executive coach um, I have this real pleasure of working with people and walking side by side with them to allow them um, to really become the very best version of themselves and you know I get real pride in seeing individuals really transform the way they operate and you know to, to, to start and to uh, fulfill their life so I think from a work aspect it's very much aligned to my purpose and I think that's what gets me out of bed on the morning that's the fire inside my stomach that just wants me to log on and to, to make things happen so I think being able to find work that aligns to your purpose makes a massive difference. Mm. I think if I then look at the the other part of my life, um, you know, being being a mum, I've got two little girls. I've got Charlotte and Emily. Um, they're both thankfully at school now, which has made a you know a significant improvement in the way I operate as a working mum. But I think for me, being an active 
parent is so important. I grew up in a very working class family where, you know, my mum was always at the school gates. And I think, you know, we've got that such a good relationship that I wanted to give that um, to my girls, but in a very different way. It was very important I had a career at the same time. But equally, it's the small moments that matter to me, you know, being there on a Saturday morning at swimming, um, you know, being able to take my my eldest daughter to piano lessons, which she's just started, and being present, you know, being there so they know they can always um, confide in me. And I think having both aspects, that's what really makes me thrive. And I guess to answer your question, um, that's what makes me happy. And um, I guess, you know, being very fortunate to have both. Um, some, some people aren't that fortunate, and I feel very privileged. Mm. And we are going to be exploring the, almost this, foundations of success or what helps you mm-hmm. sort of get to be successful but I'd like to understand from your perspective um what is success for you and and how does that sort of play out I mean, I mean it's, it's a very subjective thing mm. and obviously we we impose success on other people as well by our own definition I just want to understand from your perspective if I'd say to you how you're defining success that you know I've got to the end of my life, career, whatever it is, and I think I've been successful. What what would that be? Yeah, it's a really interesting question, actually. I think, you know, being from a very working class background growing up, um, you know, I never knew what I wanted to do in my career. Um, You know, I I wasn't privileged to be around people with, you know, diverse careers. The the careers I saw was, you know, people you access every day from doctors to teachers, etc. So I think when I first started my career, um, I'll be honest with you, success was money. It was titles. It was, you know, all of the all of the things I, I I wanted that you know um, my family didn't have so I think that was that was my driver of success I think as I progressed through my career and certainly now it's about how can I make a difference to others so I think um, that's both organizations and individuals and I think when you know when I'm on my deathbed I'm not going to be sat there thinking oh look at my uh, look at my bank balance it's going to be who have I made a difference to and I think you know big part of that is my children's life I want to give them the the best start in life possible and give them you know all of these um, ideas and inspiration so they can go on and be successful in their lives so success to me is enabling individuals and organizations to be the very best version of themselves and I think that perfectly aligns to my purpose um, so yeah I think it's that mind shift between actually you know monetary um, income and status to actually making a real a real difference um, yeah so that, that's mm. success to me and obviously it's always sometimes difficult to measure things like making a difference mm. in somebody um but how do you go about that in your in your day-to-day working environment how do you make a difference how do you know you're making an impact and helping people to become the best version of themselves what is it you're doing as a leader in an organization mm-hmm. Well, it's quite interesting, actually. You've just prompted a thought that's come into my head. So I'm actually transitioning um, to, an, to a new organisation at the moment. And I will answer your question eventually, but I think this is a um, quite a, a, a useful tip for organisations. So I'm actually joining an organisation called Sullivan and Stanley. Um, I joined next Tuesday. And what I've been blown away with by the organisation so far is actually my new boss. Um, when I'd accepted, um, you know, he organised and proactively got the two of us on a call like this with a um a strengths coach and we we worked together to understand our strengths and how we could complement each other but the potential points where we could clash and I think um I think 
that ability to actually understand people um, and to understand how they work together um, is really beneficial. I think, you know, in, in a day-to-day life um, with organisations and working with individuals, for me, it's about in-the-moment feedback. So I work in quite high-pressured, fast-paced environments. Um, and I always, um, at the beginning of every day, have a daily check-in with my team. And at the end of the day, we set our goals, but we also, at the end, go, what went well and what didn't go well? And what do we mm. want to do different as a result? And I think, you know, a lot of um, individuals fear feedback. I think it's a gift. And actually, how do you encourage more people to be open um, and to say it as it is, right? If we don't say it and we don't voice it, how can people change? Yeah, and, and I've heard a lot that whole feedback is a gift. And, and, and sometimes it can be used a little bit of a... Um, I'm still going to give you something really not very nice here, but yeah. it's you still got to you know position it well, still get encourage people, still support people, and and, and get to a place where like all these things in it, it's built on relationship, mm. isn't it? And you you can you know almost you build that almost that, that trust bridge with people, and as the stronger that is, you can put more stuff over it in terms yeah. of feedback, not being being critical, but trying to encourage people with mm. that intent to try and get people to be the better versions of themselves. Um, so in terms of your, you know, in your, in your mind, you're being successful, you know, you're making a difference with people, you're helping people become the best version of themselves. Um, how as a working pa- parent, working mum, how we want to term it, cause it's, it's, it's both, it's not just, uh, working mums. What has helped you and enabled you to, to do that? Cause you know, unfortunately there is a perception that the mum stays at home and, all that type of thing sort of and now that starts to change and and people are being more um not just accepting but are more aware of that what are you finding initially when all that happened the sort of i guess the challenges or potential obstacles that you faced Mm. in the organizations and perhaps you're aware of other colleagues may have faced yeah i think i think the the first challenge is the guilt um, I think, you know, before you have children, um, you know, you can give much more in an organisation. You can be pretty much anywhere, um, anywhere at any time, um, in any place. So I think it's that transition between actually, you know, y- y- you've got you've got other people who depend on you now. And I think that's a real hard transition. I remember when I gave birth to my first um, little girl, Charlotte, I had my children quite young. Um, and I remember holding her in my arms and thinking, wow. I'm now responsible for you and, you know, and just being overwhelmed with emotion that actually, you know, it's more than just my career now. I need, I need to give you everything you need and you're, you're highly um, reliant on me. So I think that guilt um, can really eat at you because I think if you've been so career focused like I was um, and still am, actually, you know, you've got this pull between actually I want to be a great mum and I want to be, um, you know, a, a really good employee and I want and I want both. So I think that guilt is really, really um, can become quite overwhelming. And I think I've been very fortunate that my, you know, uh, my husband who I married is my absolute biggest career advocate. So we work in complete partnership. Um, and, you know, he does the majority of the things in the house. He's always there. If I need to be aware, you know, he's present with the children. 
but still there's this guilt. So um, let me give you an example. My mum is, you know, a phenomenal grandma, a phenomenal mum, and she's, but still sometimes when I'm working away, you know, she'll ring me and say, do you not feel guilty that you're not at home with the children? And she doesn't mean it. It's just her outlook on life. And I think, you know, those little snippets that, you know, people are saying to you, you've you just got to, you know, try and lock it out. But sometimes it can eat away at you. And I think, you know, other, other women are also not um, sometimes not helpful. Um, when my girls started school, one of the, um, the classes actually set up a WhatsApp group and called it a mum's group. And I was like, can we call it parents group, please? You know, my husband's quite involved in my children's life and I'd like to see this, um, you know, the messages. And I think it's that kind of perception that people put on women that you have to do more than your equal share. Yes, there is that. That's an interesting one. WhatsApp group, and he's there, yeah. probably the only bloke, and um, and going to those sort of gatherings with them. Mm. Um, how did you deal with that guilt? And how? I mean, it must be an on. Is it an ongoing thing? I don't know. How, how do you work that through? No, I, I think for me, you know, somebody once gave me this piece of advice, um, which you know has always stayed with me, um, and I probably won't get it word for word, but um, essentially what she said to me was, you know. Cody, you can have both. You can have a career and be a mum. You just need to switch your mindset. If your children go to bed happy with a full belly and, you know, they're loved and they've got, you know, they're in a warm house, you've done your job. And I think it's that mindset between, you know, if my husband's at home doing that and they've got everything they need, it's okay that some um, some days I'll be working away. And I think it's that mindset shift. Um and also, I think it helps, you know, doing what you love. I never feel like I, I work. I feel like I'm really aligned to my purpose and I'm making a difference. So I think for me, when I'm in work zone, I'm in work zone. Um, and when I'm at home, I'm present. So I think it's about having those, you know, being present where you are. And I also think for me, the mindset shift between a work-life blend to a work-life balance. Actually, you know, some days I might be at my computer and I might get a call that I need to pick my child up. And you just have to adapt and be resilient. And, and mm. you know it, it's never going to be perfect and it's always going to be messy but how do you get through it and how do you optimize your time um you know the best you can we all have 24 hours in a day and I think you know one of the things I've done and it was an exec coach I was um spending time with and he was coaching me at the time said to me outsource what you can Cody make your life easier and you know optimize those 24 hours and I think again being from a very working class background it felt uncomfortable to have a cleaner and um, all those things but actually it's made my life so much easier because when I'm at home I'm present with the girls and you know I appreciate not everybody can afford that but actually you know if you're going out for meals and coffee and you know where are you going to get the best satisfaction out of life is it putting the the ironing away and cleaning up after the kids are actually is it you know watching a movie or going for a walk mm. yeah it, it is interesting about the mindset shift and reframing mm. things isn't it and um and ha having a different perspective on something can just create i suppose an empowering sense but also see things from a different point of view and make it a lot more positive and more engaging um what do you think from an employee uh, employer perspective sorry um, what would be there as a leader mindset shifts on when you're managing and working with working parents? So that's just broadening out. Just it's not just mums; there's there's dads as well that are working, and how to and, and you might work for somebody who doesn't have children. So, mm. what sort of mindset shift do you think employers need to start doing or thinking about? 
Yeah, it's a really good question. Um, I think, well, I think firstly, if we if we think about the stats, you know, um, it's in their, it's to their advantage if they get it right. I think, you know, there's been a study by McKinsey, I was having a read last night, um, that actually organisations who get diversity right um, and win at diversity are 27% more profitable than those who don't. And I think if you then analyse, you know, working mums, individuals who have babies, um, 17% of them leave the workforce within five years. So I think, you know, those statistics don't work for me right now. So I think from a leader's perspective, it needs to be a massive cultural shift. I think there's things that they can do to model the right behaviours. Um, I think, you know, for me, being a leader, um, I actively put things in my diary. So if I'm doing drop-off or I'm doing pickups or, you know, I'm going to the school nativity play, I don't set it as private. I set it so everybody can see. Um, and that's that's for me showcasing it's okay to to do those things as long as you know you're delivering what's expected um, and you're there when it, you know when it's an absolute must so I think being visible doing those things is really important I think you know having great males who you know are very um open about their about their children and um you know being active as well so it's not just all on mum so I think um you know I've just left a fantastic organization called PA Consulting um, and you know loved my time there and one of the partners a uh, very successful partner whenever he was working late his children would be sat on his lap um, and they'd be coloring or they'd be you know um, they'd be whatever they were doing and he was very present but his children was there. and I just thought that was a really authentic way to show people actually I'm both a dad and a, a, a partner. So I think that visibility is really important. Mm. Um, I think, you know, promoting flexible working, where applicable, promoting job share. And I think, you know, a lot of organisations are nervous about job sharing. But actually, I've seen this working um, incredibly well. You know, how do you maximise two brains rather than one? And I think it's about individuals thinking about how do they get the best for the organisation and the individuals who work mm. there. Um, um, and I think, you know, another aspect I always get frustrated about is when policies are changed or decisions are made. Have you got the right people around the table? Have you got the people, you know, the diverse um, points of views and are they all taken into account? Yeah, you made a good point on the uh, role modelling and mm. your, your partner who was there with, with the children and that being visibly role modelling is more powerful than actually saying anything or yeah. creating any policies and you know, I think as leaders to try and almost like walk the talk, so to speak, as opposed to just saying this is what we're doing. Um, now, we a lot of organisations know about the the facts on diversity. They know the facts on you know supporting working parents, working mums, um, and how that really benefits not just the innovation and productivity, but it benefits profits as well. What do you think stops them embracing that? What do you think is the thing that gets in the way? Because there's a there's, we're not just talking, you know, studies recently. It's been going for a long time. These studies and, and there's, there's a lot of data out there, mm. and and yet still some organisations don't seem to, for some reason, get it. And I don't know. What, what do you think? What is it stopping them? Do you think? Good question. Million dollar question. Um, I think, 
you know, a lot of organisations have the right intent to spend, you know, a significant amount of time writing policies and visions and, you know, coming up with these great ideas. But I think when the reality, um, you know, of the high pressured environments or results are not where they need to be, they just go into such reactive mode of we must get this done and we must get it done now that they forget about the people um, and they forget about that, you know, the, the people centred approach of actually how do you get everybody to not only play to their strengths but in a way that's gonna maximize their outcomes um and i think i think it's how do you keep it live on a day-to-day basis um and I think, you know, it, it's cultural shift, right? I remember working at the start of my career, working in an organization where if you left early, you know, and it was before five, six o'clock, people used to say, oh, are you on half a day or are you on holiday? And it just doesn't help. And, you know, it could be seen as a bit of a, a joke. But in reality, those people are driving home to pick their children up feeling incredibly guilty. So I think to answer your question, it's um, it's opting for flexible working it's about you know before you start tasks understand so for example in in one of my assignments um i always knew that um, an individual needed to pick his um his his children up between um three and four p.m so we never scheduled calls at that time if i was going to review any of his work i'd review it at that time and the feedback would be waiting for him and i think it's it's been really upfront around what does that individual need to thrive because if i put calls in he's either going to be doing it in the have he's not going to be concentrating he's going to be stressed I'm not going to get what I need so I think it's about being bold up front around actually what are your boundaries and what do we need to put in place so we're both successful because you know if if he's out for an hour a day what's the difference between being out at three to four by versus being out seven to late in the morning you know it's just it's just a different way of looking at how do you get the output done yeah and I think a lot of organization get into that sort of short-termism mm. don't they they want things yeah. that are going to happen in the next quarter as opposed to the longer term and I think it's trying to get organizations to think more long term and because mm. anything you do with people as much as the, it's important it takes a lot longer to have an yeah. impact it doesn't happen overnight and as you know co- companies get caught up in you know what they have, the profits they have to deliver and and therefore they want people working you yeah know, tirelessly and actually that's not sustainable and that's that's the impact um so just going back to your you know your your foundations of, of your mm. success what are the key components that you've as you've reflected on that that have helped you to be that individual that is making a difference is um you know um helping people to be the better version of themselves what are the aspects of that that would help other people uh in their sort of career right now almost have some advice i guess in terms of suggesting that yeah i mean i think for me it's about being your authentic self um you know it's about showing up being really clear on who you are um i think you know one of the most heartbreaking moments for me was um i'd worked for an individual for six months and never knew he had a family um and when you unpicked that it was because he didn't want to be judged in the workplace for you know for having children and he wanted to be seen as super ambitious and um somebody who could get everything done so i think for me it's around 
being being authentic being true to who you are you know if you've got a child's care issue say it face into it um you know find your allies allies at work who you can actually invest in and say do you know what i just need to stop right now i'll be half an hour i just need to nip out and do xyz and i'll be back so i think being really open and honest um helps i think again going back to doing the work you love um i think a lot of people and a lot of my friends who have struggled in the workplace since having children is because they don't like what they do and actually they'd much rather be at home with the children and when you again speak to them about do they really want to be at home with the children they recognize how hard that would be <laughs> and actually it's the fact that they um they just want something that's more fulfilling for them so i think do the work that you love is important um I think finding your own support network, again, really, really important. So, again, I've been very, very fortunate to have very hands-on grandparents, um, a husband and a dad who's very involved. Um, we've used childcare. We've, um, you know, a circle of friends. Some mornings I just have to ring them to drop the kids off and, and, and vice versa. So I think finding your support network both at home um, and in the workplace is important. And then I think overall, it's just not feel guilty. You know, no day is going to be the same. Be the very best version of yourself both as a, a working mum and uh, and as a you know at home and do what you can and you know tomorrow you can start afresh you mentioned the that purpose piece you know when people feel they're doing something that really doesn't really resonate with them that feel very fulfilled and go back and become a mum and that's that's and that's fine wrong with that actually actually they want to do something and it's finding that purpose and mm. you found yours and It'd be helpful just to unpick how you got to that place where you realized what your purpose was that keeps you that energy, that drive uh, and what you're doing right now. Yeah, um, I think, you know, I was very fortunate to go on a um, leading with purpose course. Um, and I remember going in thinking, oh, so, you know, 48 hours, I'm going to come out with a fully fleshed um, purpose and I'm going to be really clear. And, you know, I'm going to have it printed on my wall and it's going to guide me every day. I think what that course gave me was um, to really start to understand what it is that I love doing. And that was around, you know, working with people and solving big problems. I'm definitely not a business as usual person. You know, I like change and I like I like problem solving. Um, and then I think it was around, you know, getting great satisfaction by seeing people grow. Um, so whilst I didn't come out with that course with my, you know, three, five, ten words that I could put up on my wall. It gave me that greater connection to what it is I love. And then um, very fortunate to have some executive coaching sessions that allowed me to really start to um, pull that together into a bit of a, a narrative and, a, and a, a clarity on what that purpose is. And that takes time. And I think, um, you know, trial and error, I've done some jobs where absolutely not being against my purpose. I'm definitely not a individual who likes working in isolation. Um, you know, I, I get my energy from people. So I think it's, it's about really understanding what makes you tick, understanding what makes you thrive, and mm. also understanding what you don't like. You know, I'm not a person you give a blank piece of paper to I'm someone you give a challenge and I'll solve it um so again I think it's understanding what is it you don't like and what is it that you do like and what is it that you love and how do you get more of what you love um and you know people I think what's great about um 
the world we live in today is you know our skills are transferable and you know you can you can switch careers right um you know i worked in retail and i went into consultancy and i think it's that ability to um, be able to try new things and if it doesn't work out actually what have you learned what are your skills and how do you transfer it into something else yeah it's good to hear that the whole process of the purpose doesn't happen in a you know, a one session or whatever, two day course you went on. It is an iterative process and it yeah. does take some time. Sometimes you get real clarity really quickly on certain mm. aspects, but it does take some time. And I think people need to understand it's a process. And, and I do a lot of that with, with the work I do uh, with people and yeah. uh, it takes a bit of time. When you got that, that alignment or that, sorry, that, that um, clarity of that, how did you then ensure that when the people, the organizations you're going to work for align to that, not, completely exactly but mm. uh, broadly what, what, how did you go about that in terms of work making sure well it's quite interesting actually when I defined my purpose was the time I um, I changed career so I moved into um, into consultancy and then I guess I started my executive um, coaching training so I think for me you know um the part around enabling individuals very much ties into my um, coaching practice and I think the, you know, enabling organisations um, very much ties into the consultancy world. So actually, you know, organisations go to consultants because they want solutions. I think, you know, you still have challenges where, you know, you're working with multiple stakeholders within organisations who whose expectations don't align. And I think it's, it's constantly drawing them back to their, you know, what did they set out to achieve and how can we jointly get them there so I think I think I'm very fortunate that both aspects of my purpose I can now do on a day-to-day -day basis um so yeah I don't know if that answers your question Julian no no that's fine that's great um Cody I've, I've really enjoyed uh, talking to you and it's great all the insights you've shared your experience about uh working mums and the challenges but also how you've mitigated it and it seems to me it's this mindset piece seems mm. to be quite cru crucial a from a you know employer's perspective on having a different mindset on, on, with having people with with children uh, but also as as a working mum to overcome the challenges of guilt is there any other aspects of that mindset that, that enables you to do what you're doing uh, and be that successful oh good question Something I'm always drawn to is two quotes. One, my mum always saying, the world's your oyster, go find it. So I think, you know, when I find it challenging or tough, I've always got those words in my mind, you know, the world's your oyster, go find your own solution. So that, that always drives me forward. And then I remember um, when I worked at Morrison's, there was one of the directors I worked for at the time who always said to me, um, you know, shy bands getting out and what he meant by that was you know speak up and you know have your voice heard and if you don't think something's right say it and I think you know I've lived by that quote ever since and um if you could hear this he's probably laughing I took it very literally um but I think you know it, it's speaking up right we've all got a voice and I think it's doing the right thing if something doesn't sit with you right say and go and try and solve it and also if you can't solve it yourself go and invest it and find people who can help you um i think you know i currently i was working with somebody who was um who was uh, suffering with depression and the policies weren't working for her and she just needed time out and actually you know i broke through the uh 
the policies and went and found her a solution. And actually, you know, the workplace I was working at, at the time changed changed the policy as a result of it. So I think, you know, being quiet is not always uh, the right way. And, you know, I'd probably say never the right way. Stand up for what you believe in and, you know, try and make a difference not only for yourself, but for others. Yeah, well... Thank you for your time today, Cody. Thank you for all you shared. And uh, if people want to connect with you, uh, want to get in touch with you, what's the best way of doing that? Um, I'd probably say on LinkedIn. So um, Cody James, you can find me on on LinkedIn. But yeah, um, but thank you so much. I've really enjoyed it. And time's gone so quickly. (laughs) (laughs) It does. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review, and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high-performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.